Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and a big shout out to our friends on the East Coast listening on, on in on Hope FM. A special thank you to Pastor Bill Lupkeman uh, as he and I have partnering in radio uh, since we launched Grace FM. Uh, and an interesting story, uh, just for you guys listening and uh, for uh, know, that know Pastor Bill Lupkeman, uh, he's a featured teacher here on Grace FM as well as Hope FM. Hope FM is an outreach of the Calvary Chapel there in Marlton. And when we first moved here in 1999, when I first moved here with my family in 1999 to plant uh, the church here, uh, I don't know, maybe the first year, I received a, fo- a phone call uh, out of the blue from Pastor Bill. I didn't know him personally. Uh, and an email, follow-up email that said, hey, uh, Calvary Chapels, just want to let you know that the open, there's an open window for radio applications and if you can you know put your application in uh the FCC is putting these stations on the block you can build them for they'll give you the license for free or a small fee and every and we were so excited uh to have a station that could cover Aurora I don't know that the church back then was more than 50 or 60 adults uh just just a sweet wonderful time but we couldn't do it because you needed a physical location in order to finalize all of that. You know, you need, not only did you need the physical location, uh, but you had to have a place for their tower already. And, and I know a lot of you listening, like, I don't really care about radio stuff. And, and that's cool. But I want to I let you know that you'd never know. So here's the whole point. You never know why God puts someone in your life. You never know why there's that phone call, why there's that email, why they, you know, pastors, why people visit your church, but they don't come back or you, that, that I teach, uh, I, I disciple and teach men and women in the ministry. And the thing I tell them is, you know, opportunities with people are invitations into lives. That's what an email is. That's what a text message is. That's what a phone call is. They're invitations into people's lives. And, and while I lost track of Bill over the years, uh, I didn't really connect with him. It, he came back on the radar. I don't actually remember how. It could have been, again, with radio licenses and stuff. But when Grace FM, you guys here locally in Colorado, you know that Way FM is still on the air on a different uh, dial, you know, here in Denver and in Colorado Springs and in Fort Collins. They have different, they're on different parts of the dial. They're a, a contemporary music station, Christian music station. And uh, they owned this signal in Denver and they owned the signal and they I got word that possibly they were moving and I called them up and through a series of events uh, we placed an offer as a church to purchase this station 
And that's where Bill Lupkeman really came in. A guy named Bill Lupkeman, Pastor Bill, and another guy by the name of Chip Lusco from Calvary and Albuquerque. Those two men uh, are behind-the-scenes uh, men that God used in amazing ways. Uh, Chip Lusco, that name might sound familiar. Chip is the father of Levi Lusco, who is just, God is using in incredible ways, uh, amazing ways, uh, the Lusco family. So I, I want to encourage you, just as we launch off and I see the phone call, phone lines are filling up, I just want to encourage you not to, uh, not to take lightly the people that God bring into, the, the people that God bring into your life. Uh, that you don't know why, and maybe in the moment, uh, maybe in the moment there 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 isn't like in any significance to that. But God brings people into our lives for a reason, and we're very grateful for Bill Lupkeman over the years. So just I don't know if you're listening or not, Bill, uh, but thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for Hope FM and uh, bringing the gospel all throughout the area there. Thank you guys on Truth FM. Uh, the the joy that we have to be able to reach a whole audience on the East Coast, as well as all of Colorado, uh, most of Colorado, uh, and and Cheyenne, Wyoming, and up into Nebraska, uh, and of course people all around. What what uh, uh, what new s- countries listening in today, Kevin? Do you see any new unique country that might be listening into Calvary Live? I want to give them a shout out. Uh, in a moment. 303-690-3000. So we're going to go over to Boulder, Colorado. David is on line one. He's the first guy in. David, welcome to the program. Hey, blessings. I'm so glad to meet you. I listen to you all the time. You're an inspiration. You're heaven sent. So it's a blessing to meet you. Right on. What's up? What can I do for you? Uh, the rapture. You know the verse in Thessalonians about the rapture? You know, when it comes to doctrine and what different churches believe, what are your beliefs on the rapture? I mean, have you seen the Christian movie company Pure Flix, where they have, produce yeah. movies about the rapture and stuff? I'm very familiar with the rapture. Uh, we, as a fellowship, my doctrine and our church's doctrine, we believe in a premillennial, pre-tribulational rapture, and we base that on quite a few scriptures. But the one that you reference is in First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen, where it says, "The Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God." and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And uh, there's a lot of debate surrounding the rapture, unfortunately. Uh, There's a debate on, number one, whether it's true or not, and then if you do believe it's true, then there's a debate, another debate, because Christians love to argue about things, uh, right. There's a debate on when it happens. Does it happen before the seven-year tribulation period? Does it happen in the middle? Uh, you know, anyone that argues after the tribulation really doesn't believe in the rapture. It's just the second coming. And then there's also another view uh, that's been developed: the pre-wrath rapture. Um, and then you know, people like to argue about it, and I don't like to argue about it. I'm right. I'm not here to argue or nothing. I mean, if you've I, ever I really, I seen that. Pure Flicks, the Christian movie company, they got movies on the Book of Revelation sure. and the Rapture, and it's like Hollywood's version of Doctrine, but it's a really good company, and I mean, if you believe like the movies put out, it's 
pretty cool too, you know. Well, I haven't seen the movies, but I know that they are movies about the rapture, and I I would I would think that if they're based upon the basis of scripture, then yeah, they then they'd be fun to watch. But yeah. I do believe in the rapture. I do. I am expecting the blessed hope, the soon return of Jesus Christ, like every other generation. And and if you want to study this, um, if you email me or anyone listening, I will send you a series of links where you can uh, wa- read through all these notes that we have um, that might at least give you a even if no, you don't that agree, would be a blessing. Yeah, you give you a basis in the Bible. Uh, not just man's opinion, but what the Bible has to say about that. Um, if you email me, you can just send it to ed at edtaylor.org. And, yeah, uh, I was always meaning to meet you, you know. I, we're in Boulder, but we wanted to maybe come to your church, and but we didn't get directions and how much gas and what sure. time your services are and all that other stuff. So, yeah, Well, but if you may, want to visit, maybe, come on out. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks, man. Thank you very much. You're welcome. God bless you. God, I look forward God to meeting you one day. You. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. You know, I forgot I could have. Uh, I'm going to be a lot closer to Boulder this Sunday. A uh, good friend of mine, Pastor Cody King, pastors Redemption Church up in the Commerce City area. Uh, and I'm going to be teaching there this Sunday morning. Uh, our church is in a series on uh, Into Faith We Go, our vision series, and my son, Joshua Taylor, Pastor Joshua, is going to be teaching this weekend um, his section of the vision message, and and while he's teaching that, I have been invited for the last couple of years, actually, uh, by Pastor Cody King, a very good friend of mine, Cody and Micah, doing a great work up in the reunion area of Commerce City, and I'm going to be up there. So let me see what the website is, and I give you information on how to get there. So that is a lot closer than coming down to Aurora, uh, of course. So let me see if I can find Redemption Calvary. So that's the name of the website, redemptioncalvary.org, redemptioncalvary.org, and Pastor Cody King uh, leads. They meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. They just moved into a new, larger facility, which is very exciting. So they meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Landmark Academy on Memphis Street in Commerce City. The Landmark Academy on Memphis Street in uh, Commerce City, Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. So more information on Redemption Calvary and Pastor Cody King, especially you guys are up in there in the in the northeast part of town, this is the church you want to go to. It's fresh, it's new, uh, it's a new church plant, uh, and that's up on that, you know, you've got Redemption Calvary there, Down, then you drop down into Brighton, you have my friend Pastor Paul Bhutan that pastors at Calvary Chapel in Brighton, and I was thinking of fresh and new, you know, if you go over into the Broomfield Boulder area, uh, where the origin of the call is, uh, there's a brand new church. Uh, Pastor Kevin Utili has just uh, re- cha- renamed uh, the church. It was Calvary Chapel Broomfield. Pastor Richie Fure uh, transitioned that church over to Pastor Kevin Utili, and now it's known as Reach Church. And they have a burden to go all the way up into Broomfield, into uh, that area of Louisville, up into Boulder, that whole region there. 
is where uh, Pastor Kevin has a heart to reach. And so um, listing of churches that uh, we recommend can be found at gracefm.com. Now, of course, that's for Colorado, gracefm.com. And then there's a couple of other places you can find churches, calvarychapel.com, and I think it's Calvary Association. Um, unfortunately, there's two streams at Calvary Chapel now, and uh, so you got to go to two different websites to find the full listing now. But um, here in Colorado, in this region, there's a list of uh, churches that we're in fellowship with at Grace FM, and connect with them. And you can always watch us online here at Calvary Church. Uh, our website is calvaryco.church, calvaryco, standing for Colorado, calvaryco.church. All right, we're heading over to Baltimore. Sandy is in Baltimore, Maryland. Sandy, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're on the air, Sandy. Oh, all right. I was calling in, I called about a month ago for a prayer request for one of my coworkers' son named Brad. Brad was diagnosed with heart cancer, and he's been going through a lot of treatments and things. So they were doing a new treatment on him, which had the um, radiation go into the heart valve, something very intricate. I'm not quite sure 100%. He just had this procedure, and he ended up having a spinal stroke, which I've never heard of that either. And he's 23 years old, so not only going through the treatments for this heart cancer, now he's paralyzed from the neck down because of this particular stroke. And right now, I just want to, he's a believer, his family, they're believers. But, um, I mean, they've just been dealing with this now for at least three months. And just want to pray for his complete healing, as well as his uh, faith and his family's faith, to even in the midst of all of this, that they just keep their eyes focused on the Lord and... Um, I pray that he gets healed completely, just for the yes. testimony that he would give. And also, um, you know, God forbid, but if it ends up that it's the other side that, of heaven that he gets healed, that his family can come to terms and not lose faith, not be mad at God, and, and just that their growth continues as well. Um, okay, I guess Sandy, that's about, my privilege. about it. <laughs> it's a lot. Okay, Father, <laughs> we, we, pray for, we pray for Bradley and the the tragedy of heart cancer and this spinal stroke and all the chemo, um, just the weight of everything that's being carried by Sandy and or, or by Bradley. And Sandy's carrying it with for him, you know, loving him and his family. So I, I pray that you would bring healing into his body. I'm so appreciative of the uh, doctors and uh, wisdom of medical science that you've placed upon the earth. I'm so grateful for your supernatural uh, ability to heal, and I'm grateful for every believer that you work all things together for the good, even these painful, hard, re heart-wrenching things. And I, I also, God, want to thank you for women like Sandy, who are a great friend and, and a great help to the body of Christ. May you continue to multiply women and men just like her that would stand in the gap for those that are hurting and those that are weak like Bradley. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh -huh. Amen. Thank you so much. I Thanks really calling, appreciate Sandy. you and, and your program, and um, may God just bless it and keep flourishing it. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. All right, we're coming back to Colorado on this next call. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. You can also text us, 
800-227-0897. Ariel is calling from Colorado. Ariel, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, my m- mother-in-law told me to call in, and this is the first time I actually caught it. I'm on my way to driving to my daughter's basketball game, so I figured I would okay. give a call because me and my husband Great. are always wondering these two questions. So okay. the first question is, um, why do Christians or women of God and men of God still celebrate Halloween and Christmas and Thanksgiving, even though the Bible says to not celebrate pagan holidays? Okay, so that's a good question, because the way you ask it, though, the Bible doesn't say there's nothing in the Bible that says don't celebrate pagan holidays. So I'm not sure what you're referring to that in that particular Uh, statement. But let's step back for a second, because it's a good question to ask. Um, The... If a person it chooses, a believer, man or woman of God, chooses to participate in a pagan holiday for okay. the purposes of worshiping a pagan god, that is prohibited. That's forbidden. We can worship from the beginning of the new, uh, from the beginning of the Ten Commandments. We're to worship the one true God and reject all other gods, little g. So if a person, a male or a female, man of God, woman of God, Christian, believer, however we want to describe them, chooses to do something on any day of the year, let alone Halloween or Christmas or Thanksgiving, and they're doing so in order to worship a pagan god, that is strictly prohibited. And if any believer wants to worship a pagan god, that that is not allowed by God. So now, would, would the worshiping be like the Christmas tree and all of that? Well, I mean, trees predated any pagan worship of them, right? Like trees came along in the beginning of Genesis before anyone chose to do anything with them. As a matter of fact, trees existed before they, uh, before the fall. So trees were created by God and they were good in God's eyes. So if a person brought a Christmas tree into their house or a pine tree into their house so they could bow down to it and worship a pagan god, then, yeah, that would be forbidden. But if it's a decoration where they put presents under it and they give in the name of Jesus, there's nothing sinful about that. Okay, why do we give each other presents on his his birthday? It's probably more, you know, it's probably more tradition. Uh, you know, as we do a lot of things by tradition. Uh, it's not, not, tradition doesn't necessarily mean something's bad, but it's a it's a tradition. It's the exchange of gifts, and it's rooted in different places. But it's a it's a time of levity and a time of celebration. Um, I give gifts all throughout the year, personally. So just speaking for me, I give gifts all throughout the year. And the reason I give gifts is because I love to give. I love to bless people. I love to encourage them. Uh, and around Christmas time, it's like an opportunity to while everybody's thinking about the love and gift of God of salvation. Gifts become another way to express love and express joy and and the giving and the receiving gifts. You know, remember Jesus taught us it's better to give than to receive. Okay. And then my next question is, I know um, I spoke with a guy when I first called in, and he explained a little bit about it, how it got transferred from the the original name in the Hebrew was Yahuwah and Yahusha, but then it got transferred to God and Jesus. Do you think that, that that was a way, like, how did, that, how did that change? Like, do you think that there's more power in his original name? 
Well, remember, language is different. So when you use when you're in different countries, you do you use different words to describe the same thing. And language, mm-hmm. as it translates from whether it's Hebrew or the language of Greek, or you know, Jesus when he walked the earth, he spoke Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And the purpose of, of using those languages was to communicate with the audience that was in front of him. And so he would use the appropriate word in the context of the language so that he would be understood by his hearers. And I believe that when uh, someone uses the name Jesus, someone uses the name Yeshua or Jehovah or uses the name God, in any context, in any language, God spirit to spirit understands exactly who we're referring to and exact he under he he makes allowances for our human weaknesses and so for for someone that speaks spanish uh to use the name dio um the, the name um i don't speak spanish but i had i believe uh dios is the name is the word for god in spanish um or jesus is the name for jesus and you and I say, Jesus, that God isn't going to stop those presses and say, you are not using the proper name. I will not receive worship from you. Uh, that's not the character mm. and the nature of God. And so here, here's what I find in, like, in a broader sense of these questions is some people like to make big deals out of nothing. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the same person that would argue about what name, and I know you're not doing this, so I'm not describing you this way, but a person that would yeah. say, well, you know, you're using the wrong name of Jesus and you can't have a tree in your, in your, uh, in your house because you're a pagan. Uh, you know what I like to do to people like that? I say, hey, what's today? What's, today's, what's the name of today? Well, today's Sunday. Is it really Sunday? Yeah. Are you worshiping the sun god? Well, of course not. I'm not worshiping the sun god. Yeah, but you have no problem identifying the day as Sunday which is a pagan monitor. We, we get our names of our days from pagan gods, literally. Oh, wow. All throughout the, all throughout the week. And, and so I think that people love, like in Jesus' day, they like to, they like to teach as the, uh, as the commandments of God, the doctrines of men. And, and as a pastor, I would warn if anybody, you know, personally, I don't like Halloween at all. I don't care what the origin is because I don't like celebrating anything that has to do with death. Because God doesn't keep us at death. He brings us all the way to resurrection. So for us as a church, we put something on for our community as an alternative to Halloween. And, and the reason we do that is, is that night, literally millions of kids are out on the street. And we want to provide an avenue for them that's free, safe, and a platform to capture these kids on the street with the gospel of Jesus Christ and their parents and give them a taste of goodness that that big, ugly brown building on the corner of Hampton and Biscay is filled with nice people that represent the one true living God. Someone might look at that and say, well, you're celebrating Halloween. Well, bro, I just told you I wasn't celebrating Halloween, so why don't you believe me at my word? And 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 so I think that a person, I, I was thinking of... Um, in, he, in Romans chapter 14, I was thinking of this verse. It says, one person esteems one day over another, and another esteems every day of like. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. That's uh, Romans 14, verse 5. And I think that God is much bigger than some of the things that we, we make big here on earth. Yeah. Okay. But like if you well, said you. if you said to me, I would just say one more thing, Ariel. If you said to me, Ed, I just don't want to celebrate Christmas. I I just don't want to do that. My answer to you would be, then don't do it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So what my family and I did this year, we we celebrate birthdays. So we Good. just basically celebrated his birthday. And we sung happy birthday to him and prayed <laughs> awesome. and did things like that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I believe God was well pleased with you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> well, have fun at the game. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. A shout-out to you guys listening in South Africa, you guys listening in the in Ukraine, up in Alaska, uh, Netherlands listening in. Thank you for connecting with us. The, the power of technology is unbelievably amazing. So thanks for connecting. 303-690-3000. Kelly is calling from Denver, Colorado. Kelly, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks so much, uh, Pastor Ed. And I just really wanted to say, too, that I really very much appreciate the the shows that you guys put on the radio all the time. I get an opportunity to listen at lunchtime, and it's just really nice. So I wanted to say thanks for that. You're welcome. What's up? So as a result, I've recently been newer to the faith, and I have started okay. this year. I decided I wanted to read the Bible for sure. So I started reading it, and I'm in Genesis. And my question really is kind of about the Old Testament, where it seems like you know, some of the some of God's people are kind of deceitful in the Old Testament, and they don't necessarily seem to, on its face, suffer for it. Like the examples that I had, the first one was um, like with Lot's daughters who trick him into an incestuous relationship and then have children, and those children still become like the fathers of nations. Yes. And I just didn't necessarily get that. And the other one was with Jacob and I think it's Esau, his older brother, later in Genesis. Yes. And where Dave, or I'm sorry, Jacob pretends to be his older brother so that he can get his older brother's blessing. And he gets it, I guess. And I just, I didn't understand those things. <laughs> well, one of the things when you're reading the Bible is that, and, and one, of the, one of the validations uh, that I believe um, lends credence to the evidence that the Bible we hold in our hands accurately reflects what God wanted written is that he doesn't hide the sin of the people he chooses to use. He doesn't sure. hide the depravity. He doesn't hide the wickedness. And with Lot's daughters, uh, I was just reading that today. That was part of my reading today and or yesterday, I forget which. And uh, the the reality of even Lot and his sick, sinfulness in Sodom and, you know, the deception of Jacob or, um, you know, stealing the birthright from his dad and and having having all of those reflected. Um, I the, the thing that we understand is that the God reflect um, revealed to us in the Bible is the same in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. And the reason why you and I don't get popped for every sin that we commit is because God is very merciful and very gracious. And I can guarantee you that although the the consequence or the penalty for the sin that we read of in the scriptures may not be mentioned uh, right away, the reality of the sin, the wages of sin is always death. For example, when you think of uh, both the, I'm reading in Genesis 19:36. Thus, both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son by the name of Moab. 
Moab is an, has been an, an enemy of God all through. He, you're going to find that Moab is an enemy of God's people all throughout the rest of the scriptures. Uh, yeah. It is going to be a challenge. They're going to be a challenging group of people throughout the scriptures. And that in and of itself is consequence. And you kind of read back because the Bible doesn't say, but you can also kind of read back that Moab becomes a probably a pain in the neck to one of the daughters of Lot. Uh, and same with verse 38, the younger daughter, she bears a son, Ben Amish, he becomes the father of the Ammonites, and they too are an enemy of God. So let me pause there. I've got one more fate part to this answer, and then I'll let you respond. So when you hear the Perfect. music, we'll be right back. Hang on. 303-690-3000 is the number, and we'll be right back. This is Calvary Life. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church. We are down in Southeast Aurora. Uh, I didn't know how far east we would be uh, when we planted the church, but we landed exactly where God wanted us to land. We're on Hampton and Tower, basically, right across the street from the Safeway, also across the street from the Movie Tavern, and we'd love to have you come out. We have, we meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m., Sunday morning, 8.45, 10.45, Wednesday nights, a special, special, I love midweek Bible study. We meet at 7 o'clock. On the weekends, we're in the Book of Hebrews. Right now, we're in a a series on uh, our vision for the coming year, just encouraging faith, and and then uh, we're in the book of Hebrews, verse by verse, and on Wednesdays, we're in the book of Daniel. We just finished chapter six last night, so grab the study in our app. If you just put in the word, or if you just go to your app store, whatever you wherever you get apps, and put in Ed Taylor, our app will pop up right away, and uh, it's Calvary Church with Ed Taylor. All right, let's get back to the phone lines. We're just at the end of an answer for Kelly, uh, kind of looking at the Old Testament and why it seems like people get away with their sin. Uh, is that a good summary of your question? Yes. <laughs> and and so you're, I'm, I was answering, you know, no one gets away with their sins because under the Old Covenant, there was the sacrificial system that was given to cover sins. And some type of worship and sacrifice was revealed to us, as you noticed in Genesis, right in the beginning in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned and God provided uh, animal skins to cover them. There was a sacrifice of animals to cover their sins. And that system of worship, as it develops through the Old Testament, was the ultimate way that a person would come and acknowledge their sins before God, where that would now be a picture and a type of the coming of the one Lamb of God that would take away the sins, not just cover, but take away the sins of the world in Jesus Christ. And, and you know, as we make ob- observations, we make observations on the text, we make observations on our neighbors, this thought of, man, why, why do people seem to get away with their sins? 
whether we see them living with the consequence or not, we can rest assured nobody, including ourselves, ever gets away with the consequences of our sins. What Remember what the Bible says, you'll get there much later in the year. In, in um, Galatians it says, what a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. And it makes perfect sense. And in hindsight, it was probably a silly question to start. It just seemed like there were a lot of examples. That's all. And it makes sense. If, I agree. You know, that uh, no, I think it makes a ton of sense that the Bible is authenticated by virtue of showing both uh, the good side of God's chosen people and sometimes the uglier sides of us. Uh, and so, yeah, it and, makes perfect sense. And I don't think it's a silly question at all, because if you read through, most of the people that get to a place of wrestling with God or, you know, the, David, the psalmist, I mean, he, he experienced he, he experienced both great sin and also he experienced great sin against him. And, and as he'll cry out like, why do the why do people get away with things, God? Like that's been a, that's been the cry of our heart for, since man began, like that, it just doesn't seem fair. This is wrong. I wonder, it's not recorded for us, but I wonder how Adam and Eve felt being kicked out of the garden. That seems like a big consequence just for one little act. Uh, but that sense of unfairness, uh, that sense of feeling injustice is is actually another evidence as well of the overarching morality of God. When we feel innately that we've been treated wrong, we are declaring that there is a that feeling alone. That's why unbelievers, that's why atheists, that's why people that are anti-God that feel like things are wrong prove that God created them in his image because he dictates before law ever comes on the scene what's right and wrong. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking my question and for taking the time. I appreciate you, and I will keep on reading. Thank you, Kelly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. got a text question that says, can you explain the two streams of Calvary Chapel? Well, Calvary Chapel is, first of all, when you think of Calvary Chapel as a family of churches, you have to remember that Calvary Chapel is not a denomination never has been a denomination, but we're a fellowship family of independent, autonomous churches. And there are actually more streams to the Calvary Chapel family than, than we really recognize, or, or you could say offshoots. I think of our friends uh, that are known as the Vineyard. The Vineyard, the very first Vineyard, pastored by uh, John Wimber, uh, was a Calvary Chapel. Uh, he he was a Calvary Chapel, and he and uh, the leadership, Pastor Chuck and those guys, came to an agreement that that he would launch off uh, and take this group of churches known as the Vineyard, and then many other people gathered. And there's vineyards all over the place now, and they they have a stream of ministry that God is using them. People are getting saved, lives are being changed, and so when you fast forward to today, uh, after the death of Pastor Chuck Smith in 2000. 13, which is the same year. I know it like it's on the back of my hand because it's the same year my son passed away uh, and his pastor Chuck's death from cancer um, affected me greatly uh, and hurt me deeply uh, as I have grown to love and appreciate pastor Chuck and, and uh, so many men that have gone before me in Calvary Chapel. When he died, uh, there was a new leadership structure developed, uh, known as the Council. And it's a group of uh, pastors that 
it, the original council was a group of pastors that were handpicked by Pastor Chuck uh, to carry on a general oversight of Calvary Chapel. And within that group of council members, there was a disagreement uh, among some, and uh, a, ma- a pastor by the name of Brian Broderson uh, resigned from the council and moved in another direction uh, and created a group called the Calvary Global Network. And so the council, then the council changed and people came and went and uh, some, a lot of people resigned. They, it, it's w- with us uh, as human beings, it's not as clean as we would want it, of course. The enemy loves to sow seeds of discord. The enemy loves division. He loves, he loves it all to see us not in unity. And so you have a stream that's based through Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, uh, the church that Pastor Chuck pastored. And he now that church is pastored by Brian Broderson, and there's many people uh, that are in the Calvary Global Network. And then there's the Calvary Chapel Association that is overseen by a group of, of senior pastors that have been part of the movement for years. Uh, then there are people that are in neither then there are people that are in both. Uh, we as a church here at Calvary Church, we actually uh, have relationships with both. I love men on both sides. I love to serve on both sides. I love to encourage. I don't want to see an, or perpetuate or create more division than there is. I hate division. I, I, hate, it. I hate it all. I hate all of this. And I don't think it's good for the body of Christ um, that we fight. And so I want to be a peacemaker. Uh, I desire to build bridges, so I love guys on both sides. I love my vineyard friends. I've got some brand new friendships in the Baptist, uh, with the Baptist here in town, with Nathan and John and and my brother Mark up at Mississippi Baptist in Aurora, and I'm just loving the new relationships. Of course, I've got friends. Um, can't wait to meet the new pastor at Denver First Church in the Nazarene, um, and on and on that list goes. So um, I don't like to emphasize the the, the streams. Um, I, I think that we're brothers in the Lord and that, that what I was sharing with our staff is that one thing that we have forgotten and, and besides the love and mercy and grace, and, and even so, if you want to go in a new direction, no big deal, go, um, and do, do what God's called upon your heart. But what we've forgotten is that Calvary Chapel is a family of churches that are independent and autonomous, even within the Colorado region. Uh, even you guys listening in New Jersey or New York, we're all independent churches overseen by independent leadership so that like a family, like a family, check this out, like a family, we all share the name, but we're very different. We're distinct. And it used to be in the day that the folks would say, well, you know, a movement or a group of churches should be like should be like McDonald's. You know, when you go to McDonald's, Anywhere in the country, you know what you're getting, and they serve the same thing, and they have quality standards and such. But we have to remember McDonald's serves different things in different places. I was just teaching at an association pastor's conference in Hawaii a couple months ago, and when we went, this is so cool, we we didn't order it because I don't like it, but we didn't order it. But when we went to the McDonald's in uh, Honolulu, on one of the days we were walking, uh, one of the evenings we were walking downtown, for breakfast, you can order Spam in Hawaii. Why? Because the locals love Spam. So that McDonald's is the same as the one right here in Aurora, but different. 
And, and I love that about the body of Christ. We're the same, but we are different. And I love, like Pastor Chuck taught us, in that God has created a diversity of churches for a diversity of people. And no one church is reaching everyone. And that's why I'm so grateful that we are uh, co-laboring as real, true believers, even though there may be some differences among us. So that's a summary of the two streams. I mean, uh, I'm sure it's a little, I, I simplified it probably more because I'm not a part of the council. I'm not a part of the leadership of either side. And uh, I'm just a pastor here, pastoring a fellowship, loving God. And um, I wasn't invited into leadership, so I'm just serving the Lord. And uh, I, there's probably more to it than, than I have privy to discuss or because I don't know. You know, I don't have any idea. So if we just keep our eyes on the Lord. He's going to use us, and that's what I want. 303-690-3000 is the question. Let's see where we are. Uh, is it just line two? Um, Kevin, do I, where do I start? Three? Two. Marie and Greeley, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm fine. So, uh, What's just going on? Some prayer. Um, okay. I've just been, like, dealing with so much emotion. Okay. It's just so overwhelming. Is there a reason for the emotion? I have no idea. I'm, like, in constant. Like, I have anxiety, so it's like I can't shake this feeling a lot. And it just, you know, sometimes it wants to, like, cripple me, but I try not to let it. But it's hard. Well, you know, anxiety is real, and it can come from a lot of different places. Sometimes it's have you. It, sometimes it's spiritual. You know, sometimes our anxiety stirred up because we're not abiding in Christ and taking every thought captive. I know that's a big part of my anxiety. Is I instead of taking every thought into captivity to Jesus Christ, I play with my thoughts and. I worry about a worry, then I start worrying about that worry and that worry, and before you know it, I'm so far from trusting God that I'm kind of on my own. And I know that for me personally, and I'm sure you could see it in your life as well, when you look back and all the things you worried about, they never really happened. And all that we did was waste today. Um, and, And so there's a spiritual part to it. There's also a physical part to it. and And maybe... There's something going on in your brain physically that that can be addressed and can cause, you know, slow your brain down a little bit. But I would encourage you to take the approach of really memorizing scripture so that the Holy Spirit inside of you can help slow your mind down that you might trust God in all his faithfulness. And if you email me, I'll send you a list of scriptures on the topic of worry and anxiety that you can start memorizing. Have you have you tried to memorize the Bible at all? Yeah, yeah. Being and what that verses and everything? Is there a uh, verse well, that you memorized in, about anxiety? Uh, yeah. So like, Get, it, can, um, be anxious for nothing, but yes. Um, in everything, by supplication and prayer and thanksgiving, yes. making requests yes. unto God. I mean, I know that one. 
and the peace of God. So the promises, the peace mm -hmm. of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And, and so that, that's the promise. Like you want to quote that promise back to God. God, you promised me as I pray to you that you will guard my heart. That's my emotions and my feelings. And that you'll guard my mind. That's how I think and how I get into my own head. Uh, and overthink things or think you out of the picture and you can you you know you can come to God and you can claim his word and his promise if, if when you fulfill your part God is faithful to fulfill his part and then you live that by faith um, it's a power it's it's a whole new set of of tools that God would give to us in order to walk through because you know one of the things too i want to let you know is that the end of um the end of this isn't necessarily that you never worry again and that can be frustrating right because you're like well i prayed and i prayed and i prayed and i've still worried yeah it may be with you until you meet jesus face to face that might be the weakness of your life it may be the thing that makes you pray all the time you know we just prayed for someone with a deep sickness that's their thing. They got to pray about that sickness all the time. And maybe God will heal them. Maybe God won't heal them. But that situation is drawing them closer to God. I understand. And I guess so that's first of the all, hard part is, you know, to, it, to it is hard. It, it is hard. I agree. You know, it is hard. Like One thing that I've started doing is when I wake up in the morning, you know, that usually that's when it hits me the hardest when I first wake up and I started journaling six years ago, six and a half years ago, and just writing down, getting it out of my head. Like it's some power, something special about getting it out of your head and just pray. It's kind of like a prayer journal, you know, Lord, I'm struggling today. This is on my mind. And then I start talking to God like on my iPad and just saying, look, God, you said you're going to take care of it. You've been faithful in the past. So I commit it to you. Then I close it. And it feels like I can just get it out in the beginning of the day. And, and it's another thing that makes me come to God early in the morning to start off my day so that I can trust him. Because, you know, the older you get, you don't sound very old, but I'm a little, probably a little older than you. And the older you get, the more problems you face. And then one thing you learn the older you get is that problems don't always resolve. People don't always repent. Situations don't always go away. Uh, and you have to learn to, to live with the brokenness of the people and the situations around you. Yeah. I, I've, I've noticed that. that it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, that's how I see it. Sometimes it's it like, is. so why did I want to grow up so fast, you know? I know. This is. <laughs> you got that right. We all want to go back to being like Baby Yoda and uh, just yes. have a simple view of the world and and just like, okay, I'll just walk and follow you wherever you go. And uh, uh, I'm glad you laughed. I'm glad you knew who Baby Yoda was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me pray for you. Father, uh, thank you for these little times of uh, laughter and even this little representation of simplicity. Um, and why did we want to grow up so fast? But now that we are, God, and now that we're maturing, it's your will that we grow up. 
and mature and grow and learn how to deal with these anxieties. And so we submit ourselves to your will. We submit ourselves to what you're doing in our lives. And even as I'm talking to my sister, I'm forced to remember the loose ends in my life, the hard situations, my own fears and anxieties, the people in my life that cause great pain. Um, and it's, it's more than a person can handle. So we commit that to you, Lord. We know that you've allowed it. We know that you're working it together for good. We, it doesn't always comfort us, but at least we have a knowledge that nothing gets by you and nothing gets beyond you and that you've brought us thus far and by faith you'll take us all the way home. So I pray for my sister as she continues to quote scripture into her heart and her mind and she speaks to herself and she opens the word and she lets your word comfort her. Um, continue, God, to take her away from this anxiousness and more to a life of faith and trust in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I'm going to give you another verse. It's an easy one to memorize. Okay. And it's a good one to claim. You ready? Yeah. It's Isaiah 26, verse 3. And it says, Uh Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So good. Perfect peace when I think about the Lord. Yes, there's some, it's some weird comforting, like I can't even explain it when, you know, you, you're you in the spirit and he just comforts you. I, I know I've seen myself in different areas and when I'm in that yes. spirit, I know that everything's okay, you know, yes. and maybe I wander, I wander a lot, but of course we do. so glad he's so merciful. Very merciful. But thank you. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much. I appreciate you're you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I don't, I don't think we should shy away from anxiety and worry and fear. I don't think we should condemn people that wrestle with it. I don't think that we, you know, we all have our, we all have issues. And may God make us more compassionate, more caring, that we might come alongside people and encourage them in the Lord. You see the value of encouragement? Do you see the value if you send a text message to a friend every day? You know, every day, like friend number one, friend number two, just as you're reading, you just send scriptures and you maybe pray and send it to them. I love sometimes when I God puts something on my heart, I'll call them up. And when they don't answer and I get to voicemail, I'll just pray for them on voicemail. And when they get the voicemail, they can pray with me. And I love to send t- texts. Today I sent an email out to the people that I serve with uh, just, to, uh, just to encourage them uh, in the work that God has called us to. I love to sow seeds of encouragement. I love it. I want to be an encourager. And I know this, when I encourage, I'm encouraged. Isn't that awesome? When I'm encouraging, God is encouraging me. And actually what I sent today to our team here at Calvary and to some other friends of mine, what I sent today uh, was a Devo that encouraged me first. Then I sent it to them to encourage them. And now they're being encouraged and they're passing it along. That's the body of Christ. All right, line three. Is Paul calling from Aurora, Colorado? Paul, welcome to the program. Hello. I'm experiencing hey. a delay about six seconds, it looks like, so I turn my radio off, I guess. Perfect. That's Hello. the best thing to do. Love you guys. You God bless you. <clears throat> uh, 
<laughs> uh, interesting to do, and thank God that's for you. Um, I wonder what your take was on um, the Shroud of Turin. I've heard some interesting stuff uh, the last couple of years. Um, somebody was there, you know, re-examining it, and it's it's such a mystery, and it's not like Jesus would have left us a Polaroid picture. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see them someday, and it was what it really looks like, but with all the paintings and stuff and the hoopla about it, you know, that the Shroud of Turin became, Turin became more interesting to me when they um, they were reviewing it and said that the Shroud was in a fire and that was affecting some carbon dating and stuff to it, so that was throwing the time off. And um, just a couple other quick things that they, upon investigation, um, of it, that they found that there were two widow's mites placed over his eyes and the little tag underneath him that did say Abba in um, probably, what, Hebrew? And so it was terribly exciting to me, but, you know, it, uh, whoever it was in the in the shroud was looking pretty rough, you know? Sure. So I was wondering what, if you have any take on that, or maybe you could send me a good link, because these guys were all over it, and it's they've probably been doing it for a few years, but last year it became really interesting to me. Do you have any take yeah, on email that? email me. I, I don't put any credibility to the Shroud of Turin at all. I, I take a simple—my my approach is super simple, and I want to let the Bible speak first. And the general sense of what's described in the burial of Jesus was with strips of cloth, not one big, large cloth. And— the the shroud itself is was that shroud of Turin was probably a, a, a piece of cloth that was a burial cloth for someone, but not for the not for the burial of Jesus Christ. Ah, okay. Well, I'm still good and still investigating, so I don't. Yeah, email know, me. Email me at ed at edtaylor.org. Looking at it was that in order for that imprint to be made on, on that, that it would have been extreme light that didn't burn and i'm like well that's a beam me up scotty singing well <laughs> but, it's just um, all you know, it's all speculation it's bible first for me too ed I, you yes. can't believe everything is here here <laughs> yeah go ahead and email me and i'll send you an article that you can start looking at the any of the claims of the shroud and you would add to your knowledge as you're studying it <laughs> hey cool man god bless you guys all right man god bless you man bye-bye 303-690-3000. I think uh, we are almost at the end of the program today, so we probably, uh, let's see here. Uh, hey, Head, this is Heather texting in from Aurora. Uh, I'd like to improve my prayer life. What do you recommend I do? How do you personally have a good prayer life? Well, Heather, great question. Uh, and, and anyone that wants to grow in their relationship with God, you just know God is going to answer that. Uh, and I, I think the first thing that you can uh, know about prayer is that there's no formula to it. And prayer is simply conversation with God. And if you begin a conversation with God, like let's say you're waking up in the morning, you say, good morning, God. Good morning, Father. I'm, I'm glad that I'm awake today. And you begin to talk to God. And you, you begin to make a regular occurrence of talking to God you're going to find your prayer life uh, increasing right away. Secondly, uh, pray with your Bible open. Obviously, you need some time sitting down or in a place walking around. And pray as you're reading the Bible, pray through what the Scripture says. You know, for example, let's say you're reading John 3.16, For God so loved the world. You go, God, I'm, 
I am so grateful that you love the world and that I'm a part of the world. I was so lost without you, and here I am being reminded of your love for the world. And I pray, God, for my mom. She's not saved, and she's a part of the world, and you love her. And you start praying for people. Uh, You start praying through the scriptures. You start talking back the scriptures through your life to God. A third thing to do is keep a list. Write down prayer requests that people give you or things that are on your heart and pray through the list. And here's a really cool one. Praying through the alphabet. My friend and elder in our church, Randy Schofield, he he gave me this during a downtime in my grieving process where I was at a standstill and he said, you know, Ed, why don't you just try praying through the alphabet and praying through the attributes of God? You know, God, A, you're all-knowing. I know you know everything about me, God. And and B, you're you're the best. And and C, you're caring. And you just start praying through the alphabet. And that way you have a tie-in. And you're just talking to God, ministering to him. And then as you're talking to God, other things are stirred up inside of you. And and uh, if you email me, I can give you a couple book recommendations too to help you with your prayer life. But it's not as complicated as it sounds. It's encouraging. Uh, and... It's just like talking to anyone else. So 303-690-3000 is for tomorrow because we're out. We are done today. Thanks for joining me. Come on out this weekend at Calvary Church. We're in our 2020 Into Faith We Go series. Going to be awesome. Going to be encouraging. And God's going to bless you. Calvary Church, go to our website, calvaryco.church. Calvaryco.church. Good night and let the Lord encourage you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.